Welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans and Jeff Shade, a show that simplifies the complexities of investments, taxes, retirement, and more so you can discover how to better sustain yourself and your wealth for years to come. Brian is a CPA with 30 years experience and a financial advisor, which brings a unique perspective to the financial world. This show is brought to you by Madrona Financial and CPAs, home of the Rooted Wealth Plan. Want a retirement plan designed to last 30 plus years? Go to madronafinancial.com and click Get Started to see what the Rooted Wealth Plan can do for you. And now, here are your hosts, Brian Evans and Jeff Shade. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show that gives you the straight talk and honest answers you need to help you sustain yourself and your wealth for 30 plus years. On today's show, we're going to be talking about conversations to have while you spend time with loved ones, also end of year deadlines that you need to know. My name's Jeff Shade and as always, I'm just here to ask the questions, but the words of wisdom and solid advice come from Brian Evans, CEO and President of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks, Jeff. Always glad to hear that, Brian. I certainly hope our listeners are having a great pre-holiday weekend. Christmas just around the corner, of course, and I've got a calendar in front of me. And believe it or not, we've got just about one more week left in this year. Brian, I recently came across a couple of shocking statistics. First, according to this Forbes article that I read, around half of Americans age 55 or older do not have a will. And to make matters worse, only 18% or so have the recommended legacy plan documents. Why do you think so many people don't have their house in order as far as this is concerned? Well, there's some things in life that are really fun, like planning vacations and going on a trip advisor and figuring out which excursions to go on and, and doing all that kind of stuff. And there's certain things that aren't as fun. What's going to happen to me? How do I do the planning around when I'm incapacitated and have Alzheimer's? Right. What's going to happen when I die to my stuff? Do I have enough money to go into retirement? Boy, I'm getting depressed already just thinking about it. I think I'll go back to planning my trip. And then one of the things I've, I heard from one person is like, I told him, we, we got to do some estate planning here. You got all kinds of issues. And he just looked at me and was like, well, what do I care? I'll be dead. I'm like, well, yeah, but he's like, no, I'll be dead. I don't care. You guys figure it. Kids can figure it all out. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess that's one way of doing planning is not to do anything. I remember the thing he brought up. He said he was really, really tight. I mean, the guys right. were $6 million, didn't do anything. And he was driving around in a, I think you know who I'm talking about, Jeff, a, right. a Batmobile station wagon oh, yeah. that was about 40 years old, barely <laughs> ran, and wouldn't spend any money. And, and his big reason wasn't so much that he didn't care. It was that, well, it's going to cost me money. Yeah, I'm like, well, yeah, it'll cost you several thousand dollars at the time, you know, to get an attorney to draft all this stuff up. And he's like, well, I don't want to spend any money. You know, he was all worried about spending any money on on somebody to help him out with that stuff because he was tight. I mean, we're, and we're talking about, you know, his estate was going to lose, you know, seven figures because he wouldn't spend a few grand on planning and, and didn't want to talk about it, didn't want to think about aging. I, I know he worked until his uh, late 80s mm-hmm. full time. Just worried about not having enough money and not spending any of it. Just the whole thing. I could probably go on and on, but there are a lot of reasons why people don't have the documents they need, don't do their estate planning, don't do their wills or documents. If they have done it, they've done it once and they never reviewed it when things change in their life and maybe their documents are super old and not applicable anymore. They, they don't say the right things. New marriages, kids, divorces, whatever. Things happen and they, they haven't addressed that. So it's not the funnest thing in the world to do. It's also hard. So people don't want to do it because it's hard and they don't understand it. We often don't want to do things we don't understand personally. Right. Uh, you know, like, oh, I feel stupid if I go in there and I don't know anything about trusts or vocable living trusts or will, you know, what? I don't know what any of that stuff is. So people put it off for that. It's expensive. It's thinking about end of life things. There's a lot of not fun involved in some of the stuff I do. Sure. I, I joke about this. I'll always have a job because it's two things mm-hmm. certain in, in life or death and taxes. And I'm a CPA who's an estate planner who, you know, investment advisory. I'll always have a job because, uh, that hard, difficult, not fun stuff is, is kind of what we do well here. And, and so we help people through that. But uh, that would be some of the reasons I can think of as to why someone might not have those documents. And Brian, I'll share a little personal story. I am in the process of doing those things. I don't want to do them during the holiday season or towards the end of the year, but I think the difference between me and the gentleman you were talking about is that I truly do care about my loved ones. I'm not doing this for me. I'm doing it for them. And I've heard too many stories in the time that you and I have spent together about people who have not done things correctly 
There truly are problems that arise when people do not take care of things. Brian, do you have a story that you can tell us about a situation where somebody maybe passed away and those left behind just didn't know even where anything was? Oh, gosh, so many stories. In fact, we have uh, in our uh, Everett office, we have all these framed posters of great estate planning mistakes, and it's just lined with all these celebrities. It's, it's all celebrities and what they didn't do, and you know, celebrities aren't always the best financial advisors. Why would they be? That's not their lane. And so there's so many, I think, one of them was a guy from Fast and the Furious, Paul Walker. And well, he, he set up his living trust. He, he had all the documents. And, and like virtually most of the people that I know of that have a living trust and they have a nice, usually a red notebook or sometimes it's black, but often a red notebook and they have it on their bookcase there. And, and the first page of it says, uh, you got to fund your trust. <laughs> you got to take these steps. And they're like, oh, I never opened the book. Man, I paid for it. It was expensive. We went through the process. I never really opened it up because it's like, 200 pages. I can't read that. I don't know what it says. Well, unfortunately, the first page says you got to fund your trust. And uh, evidently he did not. So, so much for the, those documents. They, you know, they, you know, you put them at the bottom of a birdcage because that's what they're worth when you right. don't actually follow the instructions. Or, uh, you know, just there's so many different, you know, I could go into this all the time. I, I think it might be easier to tell you the stories where somebody did everything right than it would be to tell you all the <laughs> stories where things weren't done right. I, my brain just about explodes exploded when you asked me that question. Usually, Jeff, you ask me a question and go, boom, something hits me, right? Okay, right. I got that story. I got this story. I'm like, boom, about 112 stories hit exactly. my head all at once. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't have right. time for 112 stories on this show. Which one's the best? Oh, my right. gosh, they're all good. And and so I, I think it's easier just to say, uh, you know, even if we have those documents or think we have those documents, are they updated? Are they accurate? Right, right. Have you followed through on them? So there's a qualitative aspect. There's a quantitative, do you have it? And there's a qualitative is well have you executed it or is it appropriate still is it is it current is it relevant and and all that stuff is it complete you know it's good to review this stuff and to make sure it is and 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 what a great act of love it is to make sure you have that because again it's not for you it it might be on the on the healthcare side of things certainly that's for you but on the legacy and estate tax planning part that's for others that's for your loved ones and your charities things you care about everything in life that you ever cared about would probably you know you could sum it up with your loved ones, your family, your loved ones, your uh, favorite charities. That's kind of it. When we leave this planet, that's the most important thing. So shouldn't we spend a little bit of time making sure those are addressed? Well, Brian, I think that too many people underestimate the implications of not getting their documents in order. So I want to talk about some of those basic documents that people should have and what happens if they don't have it. I want to start off with a revocable trust and or pour over will. Let's talk about the difference between those two and what happens if you don't have either or. Yeah, well, you know, just that statement alone, people are going, oh my gosh, I don't know what that means. And tell me I'm supposed to have it. And, uh, you know, I hate it when somebody asks, well, can you show me the XYZ? I'm like, I don't even know what an XYZ is. And no, I can't show it to you. I don't even know what you're asking for. And so certainly, uh, you know, when we we start the process, we all kind of understand what a will is. And a revocable living trust is a will, in in essence, with a different name. It's it's designed, though, to avoid probate. We've all heard of probate. That means you got to get the courts involved as you execute the terms of a will or an an estate. And you got to go through probate. And so with a revocable living trust, you can skip the probate. The problem is, as I just mentioned is most revocable living trusts I've ever seen are not fully funded. So you might say, well, I moved some assets into it. How'd I do? I say, well, you're still going through probate then. Oh, okay. Well, then that defeated the purpose, didn't it? I'm like, yeah, it kind of did. And so, you know, you got to make that right. And then there's so many things. And if you're married, if you have kids, who are you leaving the assets to? How are you leaving it to them? There's so much I could get into as to when somebody passes away, if they haven't addressed any of this, uh, assets go to the, the spouse and dealing with the case right now, uh, my friend's dad passed away years ago and, and he wanted to leave it to his kids and uh, left uh, income to his then wife, his uh, second wife, and he passed away. Well, she didn't have a relationship with his kids and uh, they've been fighting for 10 years. Mm. She got remarried and they're in court right now and all this stuff because things just weren't handled properly. And so it's just, it's devastating. You know, my friend and his brother and sister have been going through this mess for 10 years and it's just devastating them. It's all they can think about. It's, and all the bridges have been burned. It's just 
animosity flying all over the place. And, and it was simple. It could have been very simple, and it wasn't. So, you know, undone things can have lasting implications for generations, literally. And I've seen the best of friends or brothers, sisters, closest can be, become mortal enemies, essentially the day after mom or dad dies. And now we're talking money and stuff. Right. But it's always money, money. Oh boy, that can turn uh, the best of, of families into the the biggest of enemies uh, just overnight. Seen this so many times. Again, it's almost easier to to come up with times that things went well as opposed to the opposite. I mean, there's fewer examples where everything went well than there is where it didn't. Uh, it seems to me. And people can get wills. I mean, you can get them online for very little money, but seldom is that the way to go because really there's so much that could go into a will that could go wrong. You mentioned a story about, you know, a will is who gets your stuff and about the family that had the cactus plan. I mean, something as minor as that, not really directing as to who gets that cactus plan, can really tear families apart. Can you tell that story briefly? Yeah, I mean, I certainly I had the that was you know the case where two brothers had lived with mom their entire life. They'd actually never gotten married. They they never moved out. Kind of weird, you know. <laughs> they were in their sixties and mom sure. was eighties, and but they're all living together. And then there was a sister, and they were supposed to be super tight. She died, and and uh, then everything blew up from there. Uh, seven years of courts on a simple will because they did it themselves, saying split everything three ways, and uh, literally the cactus plant was they were going to court over who got it because it had a 40-year-old plant or something stupid like that and, you know, dad's photographic equipment or the Steinway piano or the or mom's wedding ring or whatever. You can't split these things three ways. And so, oh my goodness, it was just nasty and, and so much money wasted on court fees and, you know, seven years of their life wasted and the rest of their life spent hating on each other. It's just, it could have been all resolved, you know, just a little thing like putting that list together. Okay, I'm leaving the Steinway way to, to Billy Bob and I'm leaving the, the ring to Sally and I'm leaving, you know, whatever. Just write it down. I did that with my dad before he right. passed. And I, one of my funny stories is my older brother was asking, well, who gets the goat? The GTO convertible. GTO, yeah. And I said, well, not you or I. He was like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's sitting in Dave's uh, barn right now. And yeah. I, and uh, he got the goat. But at least he knew. And it was like, okay, sure. that's fine. And there's, uh, there were no arguments. You know, I, we were, ours was a success story. All that stuff was taken care of. Everybody knew what they were going to get and what they weren't. And it's all a success story. But very often it's not. So I hope my brother gives me a ride in that, that GT. Yeah. It's a really nice, fun car. <laughs> well, your dad had a lot of fun cars. He had a lot of nice yeah. cars. I had the privilege of having him show them to me at one time. And I do remember that GTO convertible. But, of course, he had the uh, Model A and he had the truck and he had so many different things. Very, very interesting guy. And uh, I'll always remember those tours through the barn. Brian, I'm sure that our listeners have maybe some questions about what they've heard today. They want to avoid these things happening to them where if they do not get the proper documents, that there are fights and, you know, just everything doesn't go to plan. If you think that you might be in that situation, I highly encourage you to call us this weekend and get your Madrona analysis that could really head off a lot of these problems. You can get yours by calling 833-673-7373. We have opened the phone lines for you right now so that you can request that Madrona analysis. You must have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets. And again, it's just a conversational analysis. If you call that number, someone will give you a call back in the next business day or so and set up a brief appointment for you to go over these things. Again, it's a conversational analysis. No one is going to sell you anything. And as a bonus, we'll also send you out a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It's not going to cost you a dime. Why would you not want to call that here at this time of the year? Get your 2024 off to a good start with this Madrona analysis. Again, no cost, no obligation, that number to call 833-673-7373. It's 833-673-7373. And we have opened the phone lines for you right now. We're talking about people not understanding the implications of not getting their documents in order. And of course, we've talked about the revocable trust and the pour over will. There's an advanced health care directive. Every time I go to the doctor, you know, you go in, not every time, but most of the time, they will ask, do you have an advanced health care directive? What is that? And what are the ramifications if I don't have one? 
Well, yeah. I mean, if, if you're incapacitated or you can't make decisions, uh, someone gets to. Well, if you don't have one of those on file, it's the hospital. And let's say that you've had a, a massive stroke or something and they could keep you alive in a vegetative state indefinitely and all that stuff, but your intentions were that that wouldn't happen. Well, you would state that kind of thing in the healthcare directive. You would have a person that you've shared this with who has that uh, power of attorney for healthcare decisions and could make decisions on your behalf based on what your wishes were. And they go through a series of questions with you while, while you're well and in case something bad happens. And, you know, if you want that to be the case and you have to have that, if you don't have that, the hospital gets to make that decision and they might decide, well, we'll, we'll keep you uh, on life support even though you're in a coma forever and take all the assets out of your estate to pay for our costs. Or, you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I don't know if that happens or not, but it's super important to have because one thing in, in all of our, our financial planning, when I talk about real estate, well, maybe I don't own investment real estate or I talk about cash flow, maybe your cash flow is fine, or I talk about a lot of things on the show. But the one thing I'm, I am certain of is that everybody's going to pass away. And most of the time in our later years, we're not at our best. So I have a, a situation and, you know, we're talking about the documents, getting the documents. It's not enough just to have the documents. I want to spend a little time on that, especially with it relates to this one. So, okay, you say, well, Brian, I don't need to listen to the rest of your show. I have a advanced healthcare directive. My daughter is named. It's, it's all filed with the hospital. I'm good. Where's your daughter live? Kansas. Where do you live? Washington. Oh, okay. I hear you're suffering cognitive decline. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember to do things and I I can't keep track of dates and times and I'm not driving anymore. I'm like, how do you get to your doctor's appointments? Uh, Who makes your doctor's appointments? Uh, Who reminds you when they are? Uh, who makes sure you take your medication? Who's checking in on you? Who's making sure your food's okay? Uh, you know, if you only have a, a plan for that, then the healthcare directive's fine. But we'll just wait until they find you on the ground someday, you know, in your house. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's not awesome. Okay. So we kind of need a plan for a steady decline towards the end of our life. Uh, whether that happens or not, it's, wouldn't it be nice if you knew you had a plan for that? Not just what happens when I'm in a coma, do they pull the plug or not? Okay, that's in the healthcare directive, but that's just one possible outcome of a health event. There are many minor other uh, outcomes that can happen gradually over time. And so in the the case of a family member I have, uh, my first cousin is named in the healthcare directive, but she is doing all this. She's checking in all the time, calling, uh, going to the grocery store, taking the doctor's appointments, uh, making sure prescriptions are filled, making sure all that's done. And then, you know, we'll be talking about the financial power of attorney second. But uh, because right. of that, my, my relative is able to stay in their house, live the life they want to live, and feels very fortunate to have someone like that in the family. Now, you know, hasn't had to really invoke the powers of the advanced healthcare directive, and hopefully that won't happen for a very long time. But when it does, and it likely will, then she is, is on file that she can make the decision on his behalf because she knows what he wants. And I want to talk about that financial power of attorney, Brian, but I also want to mention some simple documents. POD, pay on death. I've got one of those. It's very simple to get one of those at the bank. And then there's a TOD, which is transfer on death. Can you elaborate a little bit on both of those? Yeah, those are uh, account transfers and that can avoid probate too. So it's really part of a bigger picture. You know, we, we can do it on a piecemeal basis, maybe naming beneficiary to your qualified accounts. That would avoid the will or living trust. But there might be some significant assets that aren't. And not that avoiding probate is, is the end-all be-all. Sometimes probate's no big deal. It was no big deal with my parents. They didn't have a lot of assets. And I'm a pretty smart guy. I'm pretty good with paperwork. So that wasn't a big deal. But uh, it gets more complex sometimes. You might want to avoid probate. Certain states, you absolutely want to avoid probate. So talk mm-hmm. to your state attorney about that. As you mentioned earlier, Jeff, uh, doing your own will has a lot of risk because there's things you can miss. Certainly in the state of Washington, uh, it's often missed uh, credit shelter trust, uh, AB, uh, marital exemption trust uh, language. And if you don't know what I just said, you may not have it and you probably need it. (laughs) So uh, that means you need some help on that. And if you don't have the help on that, we talked about things going wrong. You had a client, we call it the million dollar lawnmower story where he didn't have a particular clause and it cost his estate a million dollars in taxes because he did not have that. Yeah, well, with that client, 
and uh, the lawnmower part oh, was yeah. uh, he was bragging about how he saved a thousand dollars in attorney's fees. It cost his state a million, but he bought a lawnmower with a thousand dollars. Yeah, a <laughs> million dollar lawnmower. So financial power of attorney. So we'll go back to my uh, family example. Another thing, uh, he happens to own rental houses, and he's suffering from cognitive decline. And frankly, he doesn't want to pay bills. Doesn't want to do spreadsheets anymore. Track things for his taxes or figure out what to do and you know with the rental houses and figure out how to sell houses and all that stuff so he signed that over to me and i do all that stuff and i love doing it for him uh we have great visits when we sit down do that stuff and he's so thankful and so appreciative and he knows he's got the a team uh helping him with all of that stuff so it'd be one thing if i had that so okay when he dies i'm the executor and i'll be able to handle all this stuff but what about when he's living and he wants to live the life he wants to live in his house and and not go into a home and like well then i've got this and my cousin's got the other stuff and you can stay here as long as you want you know and you're taking care of yourself and so we got a nice thing work working out but there's two parts again to the financial power of attorney is one uh, where yeah you can handle things at death Uh, there's also an executor that uh, when you do die but there's a financial power of attorney if if he did suffer from full dementia or stroke or something then i could step in and manage his his finances but uh, we're doing it while he's still you know still okay and and just doesn't want to do that stuff so that's i'm stepping in now so it's nice to have that plan for maybe a steady cognitive decline late in life if that may be your case where it doesn't just happen uh, all at once and so there's a lot of uh, qualitative aspects to this planning too and I want to wrap it up here with the question, who's going to be your executor? And again, Brian, in the 30 years that you've done this, or 30 plus years, there's so many stories. And I want you to tell the story of the gentleman who was in there. I believe he was in his 80s and you asked him who his executor was. And I believe it was his older brother. Yeah, it was his older brother. And uh, and I, I remember I asked him, well, how's your older brother doing? He's, oh, not so well. He's got dementia. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, when was the last time you updated your will? You know, it was long time and and who's who's your uh, beneficiary well i don't have any kids so it's my nephew i really don't like my nephew though I'm like oh okay he, he probably didn't like you either no nah, we don't really talk but he's my only <laughs> relative and i'm like okay so let me get this straight you have a will and a wife and when you die your older brother who has dementia is going to be your executor when he can't do that, the the secondary executor is your nephew who you don't like, who doesn't like you. Did I have that right? And he says, uh, yeah. Doesn't sound too good, does it? I said, no, it does not. I feel sorry for your wife if something happens to you and she's incapacitated and he, your nephew who doesn't like any of you is, is running your assets. So Houston, we have a problem here. So make sure your executor is someone that can do that. And, and certainly there are options for executors or, or certainly trustees outside of family uh, if that's if that's needed. And Brian, I ask you questions on the show all the time, but I want to turn it over to our listeners now, and I want to ask them a couple of questions here. You're listening to the program today. Think about this. Who's going to be your executor? Who's going to help you with your health care needs? Do they have clear instructions on what to do if you're handicapped? Are there clear boundaries with your financial power of attorney? Are there family heirlooms that the kids want? Have they been claimed or written down? Don't surprise those with your documents. Speak about those in advance and you know the holiday season is coming up maybe not the best time to do it but it is a time that everybody gets together so you know take a little time go off into another room a corner or something and discuss these things because by proactively taking care of your legacy plan and answering these questions you can avoid certain financial pitfalls like things going where you don't want them to go or causing a lot of stress and anguish for those people who are left behind or furthermore maybe even worse is tearing a family apart you do not want Want that. So what do you do? Well, I'll tell you what you do. Right now, call 833-673-7373 and request your Madrona analysis, which will include all the things that Brian's been talking about on the program today. No cost, no obligation for that. You can do it right now. So do it while you're thinking about it because we have opened the phone lines at 833-673-7373. You've got to have at least $500,000 of investable assets. It is just a conversational analysis to get your questions answered. Think of 
of it as a community service. I mean, you have a chance to sit down with an advisor over the phone and uh, talk about what your needs are. It's not going to be a lot of time, but it could be one of the most important calls that you will make all year long. Now, if you're qualified as a bonus, we'll also send you out a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. It's not going to cost you a dime, but the Madrona analysis could be just what you need to make sure that you do not leave your heirs out there blowing in the wind as far as what you wanted. And of course, to make sure that your wishes are fulfilled. Again, it's not going to cost you a dime. 833-673-7373. Go ahead and make that call today. If you're just joining us, this is Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. I'm Jeff Shade. We just finished discussing conversations to have while you spend time with your loved ones this holiday season. If you want to hear their show again, don't worry. We're also a podcast. Just go to wherever you get your podcasts and search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll get this show and weekday takeaways so you can stay on top of your wealth and how to grow it. We're going to take a quick break, Brian. When we come back, we'll be discussing the end of year deadlines that you need to know about. All that and more when our show continues after this. Stay tuned. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial and CPAs at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now back to more of Growing Your Wealth. Welcome back to Growing Your Wealth. I'm Brian Evans, CEO and president of Madrona Financial and CPAs. In this next segment, we'll be talking about end-of-year deadlines you need to know. And Brian, as an advisor and a CPA, I can only imagine the workload that you have as the year comes to the end. Can we just take a moment here and review some of the year-end tasks that must be done before we usher in the next year? Yeah, the stuff we do uh, really is is year-round stuff, but depending on where you live, there are certain times of the year, you know, if you're a skier, uh, winters, maybe you're busy doing that. You don't want to think about your finances. If you're in the northern states, the summers, you know, you're out doing stuff all the time or whatever. And, but the end of year, it seems to be often a, a time of year where people are thinking about their finances, their plans for the upcoming year, as opposed to other parts of the year, not a, maybe as much. So that's why we have an end-of-year checklist that does doesn't mean, oh, I missed it, so I, I'll just wait another year. Well, if you don't do it in December, maybe do it a little bit later or at least think about doing it annually. So the first one I want to talk about is rebalancing, adjusting, updating your portfolio. So when it comes to that, I, you know, I think about 401ks, 403bs, thrift savings, whatever, as a primary one, because those are ones that you're kind of responsible for updating. You generally don't have a financial advisor assigned to those kinds of accounts, and you have to pick what you're in. Do you know what you're in? Because I guarantee you, 90% of the time, I just get a blank look when I ask, you know, you know, what are you in in your 401k plan? People just don't know. I, I don't know. I set it up 10 years ago, 30 years ago, whenever, and I really haven't touched it. I said, well, let's look at that. That would be a good time to look at that, the allocations. How much you have in stocks versus bonds versus other types of assets. If you're 59 and a half or you have old 401ks, do you want to roll them over and get into other asset classes that aren't available? You know, there's so much there. Not to mention your investment accounts outside of your 401k plans. I just think end of year is a great time to think about where are my assets? Even if you could just want to get a general understanding of how you are invested so that when somebody says, I remember people call me like, I'm freaking out about I heard the market was down. I'm freaking out and all this stuff. And I remind them, you're all in cash. You were freaking out last year when you told us to put it all in cash. You mean I've been worrying all year about the market and reading everything that comes out, watching every news broadcast, and I'm not even in it? Then that's right. And they're like, oh my gosh. So sometimes it's just good to know what you're in or what you're not in so that you can adjust your expectations accordingly. So don't let yourself accidentally get too much exposure with certain positions because, of course, the market goes up and down. So you need to rebalance and adjust and update your portfolio by the end of the year or at least uh, close to the end of the year. But really, the end of the year, is that the only time to take a look at this and do some adjustments? I mean, should you be looking at this quarterly, uh, every couple of months? When should you really take a look at this and decide that you need to make some adjustments? Well, I would think at least once a year. You know, let's walk before we run. If you want to do more than that, that's, you know, nothing wrong with that. But uh, I sure wouldn't look at it every month for adjusting it. a little it. too that's much, where, yeah. Yeah, that's where people get into trouble because like, then their emotions play in. And, the, you know, they have a bad day and they sell out of the market and then we have a rally. And then, oh, I missed it again. And, you know, that can compound itself. Sometimes it's just best to leave it alone. But leave it alone in stuff that you were comfortable with well, within the last 365 days is kind of what, what I would say, yeah. Uh, relative to that. And I'm always cognizant of taxes. There's this thing called tax loss harvesting. So how does that apply to our conversation about doing that before the end of the year? 
Yeah, one of the cool things that we do that uh, most advisors don't is we can ask for uh, copies of your tax return and analyze them and look for opportunities. And most advisors don't ask for your tax return. We do. Uh, We want to have your estate documents like we were talking about in the last segment. And we want your tax return. We'll put it through a program uh, that does a computerized analysis, but then we have the human analysis on overlaying the computer analysis to really look at things. So one of the first things I always look at, I always look at Schedule E, you know, your rentals, what's your real net operating income on on those, cash flow, what's your plan for Schedule C or Schedule E page two for your businesses, that kind of thing. But on Schedule D, you might have uh, capital loss carry forwards. So some people are like, oh, I can't sell this stuff because it's at a gain, but I really want to sell it. I'm like, well, yeah, well, you got a, a loss carry for it. You can harvest that loss and offset the gain and, and not pay any tax. Or take some boot out of a 1031 exchange into a Delaware statutory trust. Maybe you, you take some cash off the top. Aren't I taxed on that? Yeah, but you have a net operating loss carry forward. So there are sometimes carry forwards on your returns that can jump out at us. But needless to say, there are lots of opportunities. Uh, the tax code is a big code. And so uh, it's helpful to have your advisor understand that. And we look for these opportunities. And this is another one where, you know, some of the things we're going to talk about in this segment, you can do any time of the year. Some you have to do within the calendar year. Some like this, you have to do sometime during the calendar year, but it's best to do in the last quarter where where you kind of know where where you're going to be tax-wise, marginal tax bracket-wise, whether some of the things we'll talk about are time-dependent and some are not. Let's continue it on our list here talking about end-of-year tasks, Brian. Another one is to update your allocations based on your financial goals. I would imagine that that sort of applies to risk in some way, does it? Yeah, as I mentioned, you know, if you have old 401k plans, non-qualified assets, or you're 59 and a half with a 401k plan, then you can take control and have a financial advisor help you with uh, those investments and give you access to markets that you can't access in an existing 401k or on your own. There's certain kinds of markets... Uh, investments that you have to go through a financial advisor to get. And most of them are the type of investments that can reduce your risk, whether it's a fixed annuity, indexed annuity, cash flow for life, universal life policy, structured notes, buffered ETFs, Delaware statutory trusts, those kinds of investments. So if you want to take risk off the table, you generally have to go to products you can't just get on your own as a do-it-yourself investor. So that's one of the things you might be looking at there. Brian, inflation's been a little rough on us. I mean, it was double digits. It's not double digits today, but it's still nowhere near what we want it to be. How does that apply to end-of-year tasks? I mean, what can we do to combat inflation? Well, that's a huge one because I read the news and it's like, oh, uh, inflation's under control. Uh, everything's great. Everything's better. And I'm like, wait a second. No. America took a 20 to 30% pay cut and it's permanent. It will never go back. We will never go back to the prices we used to have. So it did its damage permanently. That's kind of like the national debt. Once we borrow, we never pay it back. And it's a permanent damage to our economy going forward because of the interest payments on that. That will never go away. And they just keep being added to. So I don't want to hear about how inflation's fine and and it's not a problem anymore. No, it's a huge problem. It's a huge problem permanently for the world. And uh, again, everybody took a 20, 30% pay cut, essentially, because prices went up and they're there to stay permanently at this higher rate. So whatever financial planning you think you did two years ago, three years ago, four years ago, may be garbage now. It, it may not be sufficient. So I would highly recommend that you review, even though you've had a financial plan done, you review that because your spending just went up permanently. And yeah, the rate of increase is decreasing, but that's still an increase from an, an already increased amount. And so everything's up. And you're, you know, if you were going to buy a f- house in the future, well, your mortgage payment just went way up because of interest rates. And they are not going back to 3% ever mm-hmm. in your lifetime. You know. Write that one down. They are not going back to that. So there's a lot of changes that happen that could adversely affect your retirement plan, your financial plan, whether you're young or old, it doesn't matter. Everybody had a reset and we need to uh, update our, our financial planning. Brian, you've mentioned before in the show that there are five things that money can do for you. Can you talk a little bit about those five things and how we can make sure or at least check on these things to make sure that our money is at least, you know, doing a few of these five things, if not all of them? Yeah, I've got a few. Uh, like if you're 30, you're probably one of the five is growth. You want max growth assets, meaning you're taking risk of loss too. You can't have max growth without having risk on the loss side of things. In your 70s, you might be more interested in uh, security. 
So there's the second one. Security means it doesn't go down in value. And I'm not talking bonds. Bonds aren't a secure asset like the industry would like you to think they are. Oh, we got you in a 60-40 stock bond split. The stocks are for growth and the bonds are for security. Well, explain to me why my secure asset lost 15 to 20% in 2022. And yeah, I got to throw that one out of the secure area. Security means you, you don't lose money. So you got growth security. People in their 60s really want cash flow. Okay, well, all right, because they retired and they need a replacement cash flow. So there's the third one, cash flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, people in their 80s, you know, their primary thing is liquidity. You know, what if I need some money? Okay, there's the fourth one. And then finally, tax savings is throughout your life. So they're growth or loss, security, cash flow, liquidity, and tax savings. Those are the five things an investment can do. No investment does all five. So we want to take a look at those things and at least try to see if our investments are doing what we want them to do insofar as those five things that we want our money to do. The next one is updating your 401k contributions. Yeah, and uh, certainly if you're young and you're not taking advantage of the Roth part of that, I'm, I'm like, come on, you got to do that because you know, I just I think back to when the Dow was to one in 2000. I was contributing my 401k plan as uh, a new uh, CPA, and my tax bracket was probably 10%. I got very little benefit from putting it into a tax deductible. But if I left it in that and the, and my investments went up 15x from that point, the 15 times it went up, I wouldn't pay any tax on it had I just put it in a Roth. So if you got time on your side or growth and uh, plan for your investments, uh, consider Roth contribution. Consider trying to get to a maxing out of your Roth contributions. You know, it depends on your projection for tax brackets as to whether you max out your 401k. Certainly take the free money they offer, the matching. That's generally good advice all the time. And then you may invest within the 401k or outside, but certainly take advantage of the Roth, especially if you're young. We're talking about end of year deadlines. You need to know with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial and CPAs. Brian, I would imagine over the years that the population of one's family changes a little bit. We have new grandkids that need to be added to your estate plan. So let's talk a little bit about reviewing beneficiary designations. Well, uh, the, the obvious one to me is, you know, I understand half of all marriages end in divorce. And right. at one point in time, your spouse was named as your beneficiary on your 401k or IRA or what qualified assets. So you might want to update that. You know, if you get remarried and you pass away, your your wife may not appreciate that you left your retirement account to your ex. So it's just that's, <laughs> a, that's a layup there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, certainly uh, families change grandkids, people that need it, don't need it. I mean, you might have three kids and one's a rock star and one's a a famous surgeon and one's struggling and, you know, had an abusive husband, has three kids to take care of. You might want to make sure they're taken care of more than the other ones who don't need it as much. So, Things can change and, and so forth. And so it's always a good idea. And, you know, the first half of our show was talking about just updating all of your estate planning documents. This would be part of that. And at this time of the year, this is the season for giving. I like to think of it that way. Not so much getting, but I enjoy giving. And so I'm going to be reviewing my charitable gifting strategy. That actually is something that I do all year long. So what are some of the things that you want to point out or that you want to highlight insofar as that topic goes? Yeah, I mean, there's certainly ways to uh, give more to your charity or retain more from income tax standpoint, you know, whether you're gifting appreciated assets or if you're over age 70 and a half, uh, donating directly from your qualified assets and not and having nobody pay the income tax on it. So there's certainly uh, ways to do that. And just having a charitable strategy is, is a good idea because you're going to be asked by a lot of charities, you know, during the year for, for money. And, and maybe you don't like to say no and you end up at the end of the year, you go, oh my, I gave to 10 charities and I I don't even know what ten, any of them are. I don't right. even like them. I'm not even that interested in them. And I didn't give enough to the ones I do care about. So just having a plan, everything's about planning on this show, right? right? And so just having a plan for that. Also, as you're coming into the year end, doing Roth conversions can be important if you're uh, age 59 and a half or older and you have some low tax bracket years and you want to take advantage of low brackets and get money into something that will be tax-free forever doing that. Best to do in the last quarter of the year. So you kind of have an understanding of what your taxable income is going to be. You don't want to do it early in the year and then do a big conversion and then go, oops, I forgot about that bonus I was getting. I was already going into a higher bracket. I wouldn't have done it this time. I would have done it next year or whatever. And so that's probably something you want to do close to year end. And Brian, you know, when I go in and out of the supermarket, I'll put a couple of bucks in the bucket there. Santa's usually there for the Salvation Army. That's really, really simple to do. That's not going to affect my taxes at all. But if I want to gift some uh, gains directly to the charity and sort of bypass me insofar as taxable events go, that's a great strategy. 
It is a great strategy. I mean, it's it's very simple. You can either sell something to gain or take an IRA distribution and pay Uncle Sam his share of the tax and then give what's left to your charity. Or you can give that asset directly to the charity and nobody pays any income tax in those two examples. So appreciated stock in a non-qualified account is a great way to gift to a charity. And also, you know, the retirement assets directly, uh, another asset that won't be taxed to you, won't be taxed to the charity either. It just bypasses all of it. IRS doesn't get any of it, more goes to the charity. That's a great thing. And and speaking of charities, you know, a lot of them are struggling. We had COVID and you think about, you know, something like churches, you know, people weren't attending church and maybe you're used to dropping some money in the, the basket as it went by or a check or whatever so you could document it and you weren't there anymore. And, and so a lot of them have suffered. Uh, virtually all charities have suffered, frankly, through inflation because, you know, I just mentioned everybody took a 20, 30% permanent pay cut. Well, you, where do you cut your budget? Well, you don't cut your, your grocery or your, your gas to get you to work or, you know, you still buy clothes for your kids and all that stuff. You might cut your, your vacations and your charitable donations, you know, so those get cut first. And so I think charities across the country have had that. So if you can plan ahead, you know, one thing I do at my church, you know, whether I'm there that Sunday or not, they have an automatic pull for my account. And so I know I'm, I planned ahead. I know exactly how much I'm giving them during the year. And it's documented. I can take that off my taxes and so forth. I don't have to go anywhere to find all copies of checks or something like right. that. Or, you know, I can't document cash donations, but I can document the online giving. So that can be a great way not only to make it easy at the end of the year for tax purposes, make sure you have money going where you want it to go and the amount you want it to go, but also help the charity uh, budget themselves so they know what's coming in. And I know they appreciate that too. So if you're charitably minded, you might consider online giving. Brian, this has been a lot of information to digest, and I'm sure that our listeners may have some questions about this. If you do have questions about your end of year checklist and you want to talk to an advisor at Madrona Financial to make sure that you've dotted all your I's, crossed your T's insofar as what we've talked about here, I want you to get your Madrona analysis. Very simple to get this. Call 833-673-7373 and request your Madrona analysis. Just a friendly conversation between you and an advisor at Madrona Financial and CPAs to put you on a path towards a successful retirement that could last 30 plus years. Do you have questions about charitable giving strategies? Do you have questions about your estate planning? Some of the things that we've talked about on the show today. I'm sure that you have those. So give us a call, 833-673-7373. You can do it right now because we have opened the phone lines for you. That's right. You can do it this weekend. It's just a very quick call. A Madrona advisor will talk to you by phone, just a very casual conversation to answer your questions. Now, you've got to have at least $500,000 or more of investable assets to qualify. But as a bonus, we'll also send you out a copy of Ryan's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Again, it's not going to cost you a dime, but the Madrona analysis could be just what you need to answer your questions about your charitable gifting strategies and furthermore, things that you want to be aware of by the end of the year and into the first year. That number, once again, is 833-673-7373, 833-673-7373. Call this weekend, and again, it is not going to cost you a dime. We've been talking about our end-of-year checklist here, Brian. We've talked about rebalancing or adjusting or updating your portfolio, looking for tax loss harvesting opportunities, updating your allocations based on your financial goals. If retired, updating your plan and income needs, also making sure your money is doing what you need to do, updating your 401k contributions, reviewing your beneficiary designations, and considering IRA to Roth conversions if you're older than 59 and a half, and also your charitable gifting strategy. I want to wrap up this segment here, or at least talk a little bit more about gifting. And I want to talk about gifting to your family before the year ends, how that applies in terms of cash or just gifting assets, and also the tax implications. Yeah, that's a great thing to bring up because I, I keep getting this over and over. People ask me, well, if I give money to my kids, how does that affect our taxes? And I'm like, oh, yeah, do I get money back from the government? I'm like, no, <laughs> no, family gifts are not charitable gifts. Charities are 501c3 IRS recognized entities where it can be a deductible event when you give money. It's never a deductible event when you give a family money. And so it can be a taxable event. Uh, so a lot of people call me and they, okay, I understand. I don't get a deduction. Do they have to claim it as income? No, no, that's not income to somebody receiving a gift or even an inheritance. There can be a, a tax on an estate, but once that's been paid, if there is any, 
then any money sent to the heirs, that's not a taxable event unless they receive qualified assets and they have to pay tax when they pull those out. So there's all these caveats here. But one of the things I keep getting is, well, I want to help my kid out and maybe buy a house, get the down payment, but I'm limited to you know 18000 a year. There's two of us. We can give them 36000 a year, mm-hmm. but we can't go above that or we have to pay taxes, right? I'm like, no, that is incorrect. So the way the rule works is let's say that annually a husband and wife could give their daughter 36000 a year under the gift tax exemption, but they give their daughter 136,000 in a year. And so they got, I got a taxable uh, event, don't I? I'm like, well, technically yes. And I had to file a gift tax return, right? Yes. And I have a $100,000 taxable gift. Yes. What's my tax on that, Brian? Zero. Okay, come at me again. So what it is, is that extra 100,000 reduces your lifetime exemption. The federal exemption is currently, let's call it $12 million. So if you have a $5 million state, you don't care. So you file your gift tax return and it said, well, you used to be able to leave 12 million. Now it's 11,900,000 that you can leave. I was like, well, I don't have that much. Exactly. Not a big deal. And so you can gift any amount. You just may have to file a gift tax return that documents that you're eating up some of your exemption for federal tax purposes. No big deal. So it's just the cost of that gift tax return. Kind of a silly uh, exercise we have to go through, but they haven't changed the law. It used to be it was a $600,000 gift in estate tax. So a lot of people's estate or a lot of people during their lifetime would pay the gift or estate tax. And then they raised it up over the years. It went from 600000 to a million to two to three. There was one year, actually, where it was unlimited. So there was no gift or estate tax. That's the year George Steinbrenner passed away. Right. And he left the Yankees to his kids no tax. Wow. It was, yeah, that one year, he had, you know, whatever, billion dollars. It should have been a $400 million tax, whatever the numbers were. But it was zero to them. I, I wonder what they slipped in his uh, cocktail there. Uh, you know, make, you know, <laughs> we got to get this done by year end, uh, brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not accusing you, Steinbrenner boys, but I, I don't know about you. You guys. Yeah. So there's unlimited gifting there. There's rules about when you do or don't have to file a gift tax return. You know, maybe you're paying for medical expenses directly or college expenses directly. There's always stuff there. But even a simple thing like gifting to my kids can be a little complex as I finish up my talk here. I'm like, oh man, that was, that was a lot more complex at the end than I thought it was going to be at the beginning. But simple question there, Jeff. I appreciate it, but I made yeah. it complicated like I often do. Well, I mean, if your kids are like mine, sometimes they are their own charities. They're not 501 3Cs, but nevertheless, <laughs> they're sort of a... It feels like it, does It feels it, like, yeah, know? exactly. Sometime they're always saying, hey, dad, can you give me some money? I want to buy you a gift. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. It's Christmas, dad. Give me some money. So I can buy you something you don't really want. Right. Oh, or, okay. Or need, but it's the thought (laughs) that counts. It's the thought that counts. Absolutely. Brian, we've covered a lot of ground on today's show. If you had to sum up this show today, what would the point be? Yeah, I mean, I went through a lot of different points and checklist items, and you might be listening going, oh, yeah, I've done uh, some of those, a couple of them I haven't, or maybe I'm planning to and all of that. But uh, as we talk about on this show, it uh, really financial planning can't be done unless you have a plan. Uh, and and what I said something on the show today that I had to write down, as I said, because it's really the first time I think I brought it up, but everybody's financial plans have been uh, rocked because of inflation. Everybody has taken a permanent pay cut, uh, the 20%, 30%, whatever that is for you. Inflation has rocked your plan. Maybe it's rocked uh, future interest on your variable mortgages. It's certainly rocked your spending. It's rocked your spending on future health care. It's, it's changed your, your earnings on, on certain investments. The investment world has changed. Real estate values have changed. Everything has changed. So anybody who has not updated their plan within the last, say, uh, six months even, may have an outdated plan. And so how are you going to get there? It's like, it's like you know, you may have planned, let's say I'm planning an a airplane flight and I, I'm in charge of the fuel for the cross-world you know, cross, uh, journey. And a year ago, I, I knew how much uh, 
you know, per mile of fuel used. And, and you just told me, yeah, uh, we're going to cut you back uh, 30%. We're going to take 30% out of the fuel tank and, and go ahead and make that same flight without planning ahead now and recalculating. I'm like, well, I wouldn't do that. What if I don't make it? What if I end up in the Atlantic Ocean? Well, well, that's what a plan can look like if you haven't calculated the changes that just occurred to you. And, and it's all new. This is new stuff. This inflation is new and it's permanent. And uh, it's rocking people's financial plans. So if you don't have an updated financial plan, lifetime financial plan with all the nuances of future RMDs and future tax rates and future earnings and future spending and, and all that stuff, then you may be uh, you know, flying across the Atlantic without a fuel gauge and not knowing how much fuel you have in your airplane. So uh, we don't want that to happen. So I highly encourage, as I summarize, I highly encourage you to get an updated, not just do a financial plan, get an updated financial plan even if you think you have one yeah and that is a common theme that we've talked about throughout our show in the years we've done this is that the way to prevent a lot of things is to simply have a plan brian if our listeners want to have a discussion about conversations to have while they spend time with their loved ones this holiday season or end of year deadlines that they need to know i want you to do this call 833-673-7373 do that right now while you're thinking about it Request your Madrona analysis. Again, those phone lines are open right now, 833-673-7373. Think about this. What would happen if you did not have these important discussions about what you want to happen after you pass away? Your family could be destroyed. I mean, you could cost your estate millions and millions of dollars. It is so simple to prevent these things from happening. It is one phone call, 833-673-7373. Again, call right now and leave your information. Someone will get back to you on Monday and schedule this brief conversation. More than likely, we will have some time before the end of the year to talk to you about your concerns. Now, you've got to have at least $500,000 of investable assets for this conversational analysis. And as a bonus, we'll send you out a copy of Brian's book, Seven Steps to a Successful Retirement. Now, that would be a little good holiday reading, I think. I mean, spending a couple of minutes to read that book could make all the difference. Now, remember, it's not going to cost you a dime, but the Madrona analysis could be just what you need to put yourself on a path towards a successful retirement and to get your questions answered. Again, I don't understand why you wouldn't call it this weekend, so go ahead and do it. 833-673-7373. Phone lines are open right now. Well, Brian, this has been a great show. They're all great shows. And I want to take this opportunity here just before Christmas just to thank everybody who has joined us over the years for Growing Your Wealth. Remember, our program is also a podcast. If you have missed any part of this program, simply go to wherever you get your podcast and search for Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. You'll find this show and all of our past shows so that you can stay on top of your wealth and your journey towards a successful retirement. For Brian Evans and all of us here behind the scenes, we all want to wish you happy holidays holidays and a Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for your time. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth show should constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your own individual information. Brian Evans and Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation and diversity diversification guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. DSD investments are only available to accredited investors and offered solely through the issuers offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. Madrona Financial and CPAs is a registered trade name used singly and collectively for the affiliate entities. Madrona Financial Services, LLC, Madrona, and Bauer Evans, Inc. PC. Bauer Evans. Investment advisory services are provided through Madrona. CPA services are provided through Bauer Evans.